Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina in Conversation. Today's episode features Raquel V. Reyes. We're welcoming her back for a second Cantina Conversation um, to talk about Calypso, Corpses, and Cooking, which comes out October 11th. It's a sequel to Mango, Mambo, and Murder, which came out last year, and she came on the show last year to talk about that one as well. So for this time around, we continue talking about food um, and the recipes and in her book and how she um, you know, went through and had to decide which ones she wanted to include in her book and suggests to me to, to make at home. And I did end up making um, the pastelitos de guayaba y queso, and they were very, very delicious. And I'm excited to, you know, try other versions of them as well. Um, but anyway, without further ado, here is Raquel V. Reyes. Today, we've got Raquel V. Reyes, we're welcoming her back for her second time here at the Nerd Cantina. We're talking about Calypso, Corpses, and Cooking comes out October 11th. It's the sequel to Mango, Mambo, and Murder. Um, I'm, yeah, I was keeping an eye out for the sequel, so I'm really excited to be, uh, chatting, chatting again with and welcoming you back for another conversation today. I'm super excited to be back. Thank you for having me. This is really great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, to get started, let's go ahead. Can you give them, um, can you give a like a synopsis summary um, of the book so that people can follow along with what we're expecting? Um, no, because I'm really terrible at that. Um, but <laughs> um, I can read you the back or I could give you like the bullet points. I'm really good at the bullet points. So um, go for the bullet points. Yeah, go right? for your strength. Okay. <laughs> so um, Miriam Quinones is back. Um, she is, um, and this is like really pretty soon after the first, um, story, but it, you can read it without having read the first story, but I suggest maybe you want to read the first story because it's a series and blah, 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 blah. But anyhow, it happens between Halloween and Thanksgiving. And so there's a lot of fun, uh, with fall stuff and pumpkins and pranks and maybe some corpses. I don't know. (laughs) Um, so Miriam, uh, gets her mother-in-law which you know people love to hate her mother-in-law in the first book you're gonna really love to hate her in the second book <laughs> um she just kind of throws this um women's club gala at miriam with like two weeks to prep on it and she, you know there's that whole tension and great stuff over there but miriam was like i've got this no problem she gets um her girlfriends together she's got her squad and they go out to conquer this and one of the ways they conquer it and try to bring in a, a younger, fresher crowd to the women's club, which is a little old and dated, is to have food trucks. So there's food trucks from all the different Caribbean islands, which is really fun. Um, and then, of course, there's a mystery. And um, there's some really, I really had fun with this one. There's a lot of twists and turns in it. And um, I hope people will enjoy it. So. Yeah, I did. Perfect. Oh, no, it, and it's, I like, um, <laughs> <laughs> to reiterate it, you know, it is beneficial to read the first one because there are like little tidbits of like history that kind of continue on. For but sure. yeah, but like it is a standalone. So, you know, you do a very good job of of kind of leaving 
the little recap tidbits in there too for people who are just jumping into meeting Miriam with this oh, second yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I really enjoyed this one. I loved the idea of, you know, you really, you got us introduced in the first one to like the culinary, the cozy culinary um, vibe and the Miami vibe. And this one, you kind of just stepped it up a notch and you're like, okay, well, here are the other islands. Like, here's all the other cultures that are in this, like, you know, little bubble. We're, you know, condensed bubble, I would say, of the that area that she's in. Because sure. yeah, there's like so much um yeah, you know, so, so much. much culture there. Yeah. There's a there's a whole series worth of good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So her um one of her good friends, so Alma is her BFF and Alma's back of course because she's part of uh, Miriam's squad. They had a friend when they were in high school, her name was Marie. She's Haitian. And I bring her into this second book and she's um, what she owns the, the food truck that's called Frite All Day, which is fried <laughs> foods. And um, I put her uh, Pickley's recipe in the back of the book, which is kind of like a really spicy slaw. You make it with scotch bonnet peppers. It's really yummy. So right. people should try it. It's like an easy thing. Like you, you know, chop it up and you put it in the freezer for a couple of days, forget about it. And they come back and it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> put it on everything. Put it in whatever yeah, you want. So- is it anything like traditional slaw? Because I don't really like traditional slaw, but I well, would be willing to check this one out. Okay. It's done with vinegar and it can be done with lime. Like you can half it up. So it's it's acidy, you know, It's but it's got the cabbage. It's got the, um, it's got bell peppers in it. It has um, carrots in it, um, but it's got that scotch bonnet. Mm-hmm. And it's got pepper. And that's, that's and where the heat comes from. Yeah. It, yeah. And um, I mean, I've had some, here in Miami that um, I was not prepared for the level of heat <laughs> that it brought. Um, I do not do that in my recipe. <laughs> Miles it down. Um, but yeah, you, you can make it as hot as your taste level. You make it as yeah. hot as your taste level. Yeah. I like recipes that do that. I think there's a lot of cuisines that kind of add that option too, where it's like you can, you can add the heat that you want or where it's not necessarily like you're starting it's like a make or break it. <laughs> You're starting yeah, at that not top level. Pepper. Let's not go ghost pepper. We that that's just no. that's arm. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, my husband has eaten a go. Like he really likes spicy foods, but I he, I think he he and like you know his brother and some of his friends who are also like it they they like to push the envelope a little bit and i'm just i just sit there and just watch like (laughs) the disaster unfold because he doesn't but he doesn't back down he's he'll be sweating or like tearing up and he's just like no i'm good (laughs) and it's like okay well you don't you don't look so good but all right (laughs) (laughs) exactly here's a gallon of milk yeah i want this Exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's why. Like, I didn't learn that. I think until I don't know. I think I learned that as a child, but I just thought it was common knowledge until it was like, no, do not drink water. Like, have milk or ice cream, right? Some like cream, like something, because that will like. <laughs> I'll just sit if I have something too hot. I'll just like kind of hang out with the milk for a little bit because <laughs> it's like do I need a couple of minutes um but yeah I was excited for new recipes I was excited for new cuisine um you know because after doing the picadillo de pavo it was such a hit in the house so okay. to start things off which one of these recipes would you recommend well, me now that it's I- super easy but let's let's take a look yeah um oh you know the pastelitos de guayaba are not hard to make 
I I was looking at those and those sounded like even reading the part where um she makes them with Manny. I was like, oh my god, that sounds so cute and easy and like they you know are something super super easy to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm looking at it, it's like okay, five ingredients. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you bake, like I yeah. rarely bake because I'm in Miami and it's so hot. Like you know, oh, right. um, I like I like. Do I really have to turn the oven on? Like, uh, wait a couple <laughs> more weeks. Okay. Um, also, I'm like, and I could just go to the store and buy them from the bakery. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, I did make them. I taste tested them. If you follow me on my Instagram, you saw my my taste testing of it. But the other recipe, which you, which I think is really seasonal for um, what I think of as fall, you know, slight little chill in the air, um, mm-hmm. is caldo gallego. It's a really yummy stew, and I mean, mm. it's pretty easy to make a stew. You can't mess up a stew too much. There's not there's not a lot of special um, cutting techniques or right. whatever. It's just whatever you prefer. Yeah. You know, so try that one too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking, and even when I'm like looking at the ingredients, I'm like, Oh man, all oh, this sounds so good. That pork belly. Mm. Yeah. The, the well, sucker. I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> a bacon or a pork belly. As long as, yeah. As long as the, the fatty pork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. N- nice. A little salt, yeah. a little bit of the salt, you know, cause it's like, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I don't, I, I like, I guess I'm just because I've never, I've never made pork belly. I make chorizo like uh, often. I would make it more often if it wasn't like I do chicken chorizo because it's like a little bit healthier, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, but no, this is, yeah, I'm, I'll be excited. I think I'll start off with the, um, the pastelitos and then I'll. Oh, they're super easy to make. Once mm-hmm. you, I mean, if you just follow the recipe, they're super easy to make. Super, super, yeah. super easy. Perfect. I know. I'm excited. I was like, oh, more recipes. And then, you know, you're branching out a bit to like, you know, give some exposure to more of the, the, the life, the, the culture out there yeah. um, that Miriam is, you know, just that's in her squad, like you said. Um, and I did like Marie, too. She was like, you know, she definitely came to save the day a, a few more times because, yeah, it was like Marjorie. Or whatever her name is, right? Her yeah, mother-in-law. The mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah, you got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she like Valen told her, like, "Oh, you're gonna take care of this because you know, well, we know why there's no person to to take, yeah, you know, right. to take this on right now." But um, and it was your fault, so yeah. <laughs> you have to, you know, fix the problem. That is I'm not your right. problem, but I'm gonna tell you it's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you lots of things. Right. <laughs> um, that's yeah. I no, I I really enjoyed. It. I was so excited for this, and I I zipped right through it. It was it oh, was good. so easy, and and also like you know with the Who Done It reveal, it, I like you have you know I tell authors this all the time when if it's like a mur- murder mystery or whatever that I'm not, which I think I'm okay with. I'm the type of reader that I don't really catch on too quickly, or I don't I don't figure right. it out right away, and I'm okay with that. Right, right. Yeah. And so I, with this, so I was really like, look, well, who is it? How do all these new characters fit into this, like, scan, you know, to what's going on? And so, um, you know, yeah, you did a really good job of like pulling readers along and being like, well, wait, like who? Okay. Well, who is it though? But then how is this connected? And I was like, I'm, I'm confused too, Miriam. I don't know. Figure it out. Right. <laughs> like, I want to know. You know, it's really funny. Like some hardcore cozy mystery readers who are like reading, like, three cozies a week, yeah. you know, like they figure it out in like the first, you know, chapter. And then they're kind of like angry at you that they figured it out. But it's like, 
you have expertise oh, because right. you're reading so much of them. So like, like the people who are new to the series and also maybe new to Cozy Mysteries, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, when I hear them say that it was a good twist and it was enjoyable and they didn't know, I'm like, yes, I get yeah. it because I will <laughs> never be able to please, I will never have enough twists and red herrings to please that reader who's reading three or four mystery books a week yeah. because you just, like, you know the subtle clues and you're like, huh, why did she say, why did she make such a big deal out of that handbag being there in the hallway? <laughs> right. I bet that has something to do with something. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, but, no, it, it's so true, though, because it's, yeah, it's like people who are like, that's their jam, like, is a cozy murder mystery, or even something like that's not so cozy. It's like, well, yeah, of course, you're like, so used to knowing these patterns and, and these like little red flags, obviously. But yeah, it's like for, for people like me, where I'm like, I just I think one thing that gets me is like, you know, there's a handful of new characters, but then also it's like, well, then wait what's the motive what would the motive be why why would they do this you know and and then later you figure out like some maybe somebody that you might have been suspecting like oh this person's a little fishy but it's like no oh nope they're the next they're the next body or they're the next victim or it's like yeah. okay just kidding never mind like, i think how many one two do i think i end up with three bodies i think three or almost maybe i know there were yeah i think oh, maybe three there bodies were three there were definitely three incidents. Yes. And I think Four, one of them five, was... Five incidents. <laughs> there are five incidents. Because I know at least two, one was just like um, he, the person recovered. So... Right. Yeah. The person did recover. <laughs> they did. And then one person did not recover. And then one person didn't know it was coming and they got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two people. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's five. Yeah, so. yeah, I think that that seems about right. Um, so, so what, like um, a lot of that. I mean, that's the reason why it says corpses. Yeah, you know, I had. <laughs> it's not just one murder; it's multiple. There you go. Exactly. Just, just, just to warn the reader, you know. Okay, don't. It doesn't stop there. Doesn't stop yeah. at one. <laughs> So what kind of research kind of going off of like also like adding the new characters, adding the new food and then and introducing more culture to the storyline? How What kind of additional or, or research that um, like went into creating the second one? Because I do, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I, I see you like, you know, posting the reading, the research that you're doing. And so I, I think it's super cool because they're like Miriam is obviously she's a PhD. You have to do your due diligence and make her sound smart. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you have to make her up here knowledgeable about these very specific things. And and I, I really, I think it's such a fascinating subject matter of how, you know, culture and, and food and cuisine and, and the ways that the choices that those, the people in those cultures make based on the current events at like, you know, colonialization for, for example, I, it's just so fascinating. There's like so many so many little stories, so many little cogs in that big picture that spans however many years. So like how, yeah, right. Like how, you know, so what was your research like? What, you know, what was your most fascinating thing that you learned? Maybe like, what was the weirdest thing you had to Google or something? Yeah. I really don't want people looking at my, my search history (laughs) at all, but um, yeah. So, you know, at the back of the book, um, you know, it's kind of a hard balance you have to do. Because I would love to 
get like really nerdy on some of the stuff in the book, but I can't because it breaks up the flow of the action yeah. and so forth and so on. So I have to be economical in what little tidbits and factoids I put in there. But then at the back of the book, I get a little bit of a chance to do that. So at the top of the recipes, I try to give a little bit of history and put it in context of like, where did these things come from and so forth yeah. and so on. So the caldo gallego is like that. The caldo gallego is from Spain. It came over. It was adapted slightly because they had, they couldn't get the same ingredients and so forth. I mean, so I talk a little bit about that. Today, I was um, doing a little bit of research for book number three, because I'm almost at the, I'm, ty I'm tying up book number three, uh, uh, finishing it up, and so I can send it off to my <laughs> editor. And book number three happens in Puerto Rico. And um, I used to live in Puerto Rico, so, but it's been a while. So anyway, long story short is I needed to know for like certain I was talking about being in a museum and having a diorama of um, Taino, like cooking, like a, like a cooking scene, like, you know, mm -hmm. how are they going to cook? And so barbecue, barbacoa, comes from a Taino word, Taino also Arawak, um, of, that, of cooking meats on a wooden grate over an open flame. That's where we get barbecue from. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, I was like, okay, I know that I'm going to have that in the scene, but like what exact foods are going to be there? Because, you know, pigs weren't introduced into the island until they came over with the, um, the Spanish and the ships and, you know, some other stuff like that. And um, like one little factoid I learned, which I kind of heard, but, you know, I didn't remember, you know, you don't remember all this stuff, is that um, there was an indigenous dog to the, to, um, the Caribbean, Mm. especially Hispaniola and they called it a mute dog because it didn't bark. It like, oh. didn't make any sounds. And that was uh, the prevalent canine in Hispaniola, which is um, modern day Dominican Republic and Haiti. Mm -hmm. And um, it's since um, been extinct. Oh. But, you know, um, I was like, Oh, can I fit that in there? I'm like, no, Raquel, I don't know that you can fit that in there. It has nothing to do with the cooking. No. <laughs> I mean, it does in a really, there's a whole thing. Like I was reading like some text from the 1500s and I was like, I could put it in there, but I would lose people and it breaks the action. So I'm just going to save that for so I'm going to save that for the podcast. So yeah, there I you go. Tell you all <laughs> about this cool little factoid that I heard that I think is so cool. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is super cool. And no, but that, it must be tricky to like kind of navigate those the the research and and what you want to include because well, you have to make these certain writing choices you know and also i'm balancing two cultures so mm -hmm. remember miriam is is trained as a as an anthropologist she's a food anthropologist culinary anthropologist but then she's taken up this job as a cooking show host so you know she's in this this other world and then she has to balance that with her mother-in-law's kind of world mm -hmm. and so you know, I only have so much time that I can dedicate to all this. It's kind of like a lot of, um, you know, the plates in the air, you know, <laughs> the plates on the stick. Like, you know, yeah. I only, yeah, there's only so many of those I can do. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah. I yeah. It's a balancing act. <laughs> it is. No, but it, it pays off. Like, I hope I get it right. 
you know, I'm, I'm certain sometimes I don't get it. I don't get it right for every reader, but I hope I get it right for the majority of reader that it keeps them engaged and it keeps them um, interested in all of the storylines. You know, you know, story, story is, is really weaving, you know, and we're weaving this story. We've got many different, you know, threads that we're trying to, to pull together. And um, in Calypso Corpses and Cooking, um, I think it's, um, I really love uh, Jorge, the character that I brought in. I'm glad he has more to yeah. do in this story. Um, and he has more to do in the third uh, book, too. Uh, I really love him. And Me, um, too. <laughs> yeah, right? He was super yeah. fun. Yeah. And then we have the cat, of course. Um, uh, Camo, Camo is in there again. You know, Camo gets into some trouble, yeah. I guess. She's a lizard <laughs> chaser. And, you know, you, you want to give every... You want to give all these characters in this community that you've made their little moment in the sun because when you fall in love with the series, you know, you have your favorites, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we want everybody's favorite to, you know, have a, a spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And plus, yeah, you got to keep, that's part of the storytelling and doing a series is like, you got to, you got to keep, keep things interesting. You have to, you're not only leveling up yourself, but you got to bring new challenges to the character too. And because it is first person with Miriam, it is like her life and her experience. The reader is just following her, her through her eyes and her th- point of view. And so, yeah, when you're talking about weaving, it's like, well, she's got a career, but she's also like in, you know, in her, um, you know, participant in her community. And she's also like a little local celebrity with her job. And she's also like, you know, a primary caregiver to her son. And then, you know, I don't think this is a spoiler, but she's pregnant this time around. And so like, which I was like, I I was feeling her when she was like, you know, itching for that coffee, (laughs) like trying to be sneaky about the coffee, sneaky about um, the alcohol, the cocktails. And I was just like, Oh God, I, I feel that. Like, I know what that's like. So it's like, so yeah, but it's, it's yeah. All these it, through one point of view or, or it's, yeah, you want to make sure it's descriptive and you want to make sure that the reader is still connecting with her, with everything she's got going on. Cause she's noticing all these things and, and not to mention like, okay, there's a body in my front yard. What the heck is yeah. going on? <laughs> like, yeah. And that scene really came to me. I, I was like, well, I'm going to set it at Halloween. I knew that. I knew because um, I kind of like series that I've read. I kind of like that there's not too much of a gap of time. You know, it's like because you want to sometimes things are left. The knot's tied loosely. How about we say that? Yeah. Like it's not tied tight, right? And yeah. so, you know, like there's a little bit more like, so I like to give that to the to the reader to know that. So so yeah, this happens, um, you know, just a couple of weeks after the first one. And um, it's, I, that scene, it was fun. They've, they've just decorated the house for Halloween and um, she hears a scream and she looks out the window and um, she does not like what she sees. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could say. And uh, so that was a fun scene. That, that scene kind of popped into my head. Yeah, it was. And I love, you know, you did it right at the beginning, too. So the readers are just kind of plunged into like you to Miriam being like, what again? Like what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I call Miriam my reluctant sleuth. Like she 
she does not want this. No, you know, she doesn't <laughs> want, you know, she's like, like there are definitely some sleuths and characters that are out there like, going, okay, what's the next mystery? Oh, yeah. you look suspicious. Oh, let's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I got so much to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> really? Like, I don't have time for this. Like, I don't have time for this. Exactly. And then her, you know, her, I like her relationship, her, uh, with Detective Pullman, because he's like, really, like, are you again? Like, why are you always nearby or involved yeah. with like everything that's going on? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, that was so cool. And yeah, like, this, it paced well in the characters. And I just really, I, I've been a fan of Miriam from the first book. And, um, you know, it's just like, she just proves to like be awesome. And I'm like, you know because it's you know she she's kind of flawed in the sense that like you know sometimes she has a hard time speaking up but it's i think it's maybe just in certain circumstances i'm just because i'm trying to be like okay miriam can't be perfect can she like she has to be there has to be some flaws like have you have you explored like kind of you know maybe with her character development and how have you thought about like how maybe you want because i imagine like when you're developing these scenarios or the you know you're going off of um creating the storylines and and how these things are going to play out like have you kind of explored like well um how Miriam is handling this like maybe how her character is going to grow or like things that she's going to discover about herself and you know she she has a nice little scene in here where she really kind of stands up and I think part of that has to be I mean I like the character I want a character that I can identify with like I don't if I want to invincible character or a superhero i will go watch a marvel movie which right. i love <laughs> yeah right love. that's not a problem <laughs> right but when i'm reading something that is set contemporary and set in reality i want to be i want to identify somehow with yeah. them right yeah, absolutely and so um i do have her like i said as a reluctant sleuth or as you know not perfect like in the first book she was really struggling with being plunged into a whole new environment yeah and having kind of like her dream you know she had dreamed of being an academic she was like that's what she had studied all those years for she wanted to go and be a professor in a university and go out and do field studies and and write papers and do all this stuff and then they get this great opportunity and they ha- and they get to move back to Miami, but her mom and dad are no longer in Miami. They've moved away and she's, you know, three blocks away from her mother-in-law who yeah. likes to hop yeah. in. And, you know, yeah. so I liked that struggle uh, because it gives her a place to grow from. Yeah. Like, I think if you started out with a perfect character, where do they grow from there? I mean, exactly. I guess you could then like give them all terrible plagues that happen to them. But I much rather prefer to see the journey to strength and wholeness than to see somebody strong knocked down. Like yeah. I don't like to see a, a, a good person, a good strong character, like knocked down with stuff. Like the bad guys, like we want to do awful nasty things to them. Yeah. <laughs> but like my main character, you know, my protagonist, I really, I want to root for them. I want them to learn things and and you know keep going um and so in book two she has the opportunity to kind of her relationship with her husband like she's much more like secure now yeah you know she's like over it she's like okay the kid is in school i've got my friend group now i've got my job 
you know, I've got my schedule. I know what I'm doing every day. Like, you know, she says, you know, dude, you've got a communication problem and you've got to get better at that. And like, <laughs> so I like, I like, I like that. Yeah. Like, I like the humanity of it because like we live in this Instagram world where everything looks beautiful and perfect. And, you know, the writer in me is always like, what is off scene? What is out of the <laughs> Because there's a spill over there or, yeah. you know, the dog is barking yep. or whatever. And so I do like to bring a little bit of that into my stories. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I like how you, how you mentioned her, like, well, I always thought that her holding her tongue with her mother-in-law made her a better person than I am. Cause I don't know how much I would keep my cool after like the constant, just, you know, and it, and it just, it just seemed to come so easily. And, and, but I do appreciate that it would, an incident happened in front of more people than just her. Yeah, It was in front of, yes. you know, yeah, not just, not just like family, but then she got, you know, like, it happened yeah. with, Nobody's going to gaslight her about this because there yeah. were witnesses, there were receipts. Come yes. on. Yes. 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 I was like, oh, finally she has like, yes. it's not just I, all in her head. People great. could believe her. Yeah. I was like, am I going to go there? And I was like, oh yes, I'm going there. Yeah. Yeah. She and then that redemption. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely and i remember our last conversation i was like waiting for her i was like oh just let her have it like just talk back to her and she she does like she she does she does not disappoint um well you know i mean part of that i think is her upbringing yeah and her cuban family and even though she you know isn't necessarily going to church every single day kind of like that thing there's still a little bit of that in the culture of be humble, be kind, respect your elders, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things. And so in the first book where she doesn't have her feet firmly planted yet, I think that she reverts to what she knew and grew up with, which was you would never be disrespectful to an elder, Mm -hmm. period. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that, you know, the lady down the street is really nasty. Your mother would be like, don't, don't yeah. smile, be nice. Yeah. And I think that's what she reverts to. But when she comes into her own, she she's learning that it's better for Manny. Yeah. And it's better for her own well-being to not be a pushover. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I never saw her as a pushover. I just thought saw her as being oh just biting. Yeah. Just kind know, of this lady it. helped us get this house. I have to live next to her. Like I don't want to be in fights all the time. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, sometimes it's funny, like sometimes I hear comments that they're like, Oh, the mother in law, that's such a um an overdone stereotype and so forth. And like, oh, the things that come out of her mouth. And I'm like, some of those things that come out of her mouth are verbatim things that have been said to me. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a, a big stretch. It's really not. <laughs> it's not. And it's like, maybe it is for them all to come from like one person versus like two more people. I, maybe I get that. But at the same time, I'm like, no, she just seems like a, 
Marjorie's a very consistent character. (laughs) That's just kind of how I saw that as. And I think like kind of going back to um, the culture thing, I think a lot of it is because there's more pressure from people in those communities to not ruffle any feathers, to just, you know, to just be on their best behavior. Don't cause any problems because, you know, otherwise it's like almost, it's like, you know, being a person of color or being a woman, it's like, you got to, don't you know don't disturb the peace you have to be a model citizen so that you know you don't perpetuate any more stereotypes or like you don't give people a reason to whatever back up their own prejudice and it's it's so unfair you know because you see if it were you know white people don't have those limitations all the time they just uh, depending on their own upbringings you know but it's like they don't have the same concerns or the same um yeah Barriers. Marjorie's definitely coming from a place of privilege and power. You know, mm-hmm. she's a founding family. She thinks she runs the town. You know, she can tell you the whole history of everything. She's uh, commanded and told people to do, and people have always gone and done for her. Like, you know, no one's ever said no, you yeah. know. And so when she throws the event Bible at um, Miriam, is like, here, do this. You're the cook, aren't you? You know, <laughs> isn't that your, these are your people and your food here, do this. And she's like, yeah. Right. And I love how Miriam, like she, she looked through like the first sections were like of the history. She's like, I don't, I don't, I don't have time for this. I don't even know all this. this. Like, what, who, like, you know, she just needed to get down to business. Like, all right, how many foods do we need? I want, what, what do we got for drinks? Like, what do we, what's, you know, like you said before, like, okay, let's get some younger people in here. What, you know, and she tapped into her network. She, she built her squad and you know she made it happen but that was like yeah and it was like just a perfect example of like she was just like persevering and she she she's good on on her toes um for the the most part you know because she's but i think a lot of that is because she's like she's coming into her own she's getting her confidence from you know being like she's very comfortable she became comfortable in the studio she became comfortable working with that um the studio network and also it's like she's talking about things that she's she knows like this food and his history and and she you know even though i remember the first book where she was like i don't even it was all a blur and i don't even know how he sounded and then she was like so like self-conscious but everyone was like oh my god that was great like, you know? <laughs> like so i think maybe she just like she finally realized like you know just to let that confidence like maybe that healthy caution but like let like embrace that confidence like girl you know what you're talking about this is what you do do your thing yeah and book two she's definitely more comfortable with the studio stuff the cooking the cooking show and the cooking the studio stuff you know that she's she doesn't have to be on camera live and so that was her big hang up as long as she doesn't have to be on camera live (laughs) and then she you know gets to record so so the first show is done in spanish completely and then she comes in a day, uh, two days later, and they um, record the Spanglish version. So, and that's the one that goes on the YouTube uh, station. And, you know, she gets to have a little bit more fun with that. And yeah. And then, you know, I've got the character of um, the makeup artist. I, I, I love the little makeup art scenes. I always yeah. like being in the He brings like his room. luggage and like his yeah, kit, I, like <laughs> I, yeah, I like I those. The, I love the little makeup scenes, you know, like when you go get your hair done. Don't you just like talk like you're always? It is, and it's like I think it's makeovers are always really fun. It's yeah. those scenes in books are always really fun because I think almost every 
Because it, it kind of reminds me of like, um, not too far off, but it reminds me of some scenes like, for example, in um, Crazy Rich Asians where, you know, I remember my husband and I were watching a couple of these makeover scenes and I'm like, t- I'm like, just so you know, like, this is why like people love this because like every, almost I think almost every woman would love a whole makeover. Well, it's just like a whole team coming in to save the day like, you know even though the whole team is is george for- <laughs> well you know every woman needs a gay best friend i firmly believe this i have a gay best friend many of them uh and i yes i love that i love that little relationship that's building between the two of them yeah and you know i i have fun with uh jorge's costumes because he does drag yeah and it's halloween and yeah. so I got to have a, a good little bit of fun with that. And um, plus it's like, it's Miami. It's like, oh, it, it's, I feel like it, I've never been there. I, that's, you know, it's on my bucket list, but like, I feel like everything there is just kind of like the vibrance of everything is just stepped up a notch because sure, of yeah. the nature of the area. It, it, I, I love it here. I mean, we're not boring. We're not boring here at all. <laughs> at all. And, um, and so, um, he, you know, he is not an over the top character. He's just, just, he's just George. And that's just who he is. And that's like his, either his side gig or his hobby. And it was just so funny how, you know, he got caught up in a scenario and he was like totally over it. He was like on the couch, like, oh, I've got to get to South Beach. Yeah. like, how long is this going to take? Yeah. I've got to get to South Beach because that's where the party is. Well, Halloween on South Beach is really a lot of fun. Um, especially if you're people watching and costume watching and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and Winwood also has a crazy Halloween stuff too. But yeah, no, he was completely like, um, I got to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Are we done? <laughs> Are we done? Yeah. So uh, would you say he was like those, the makeup scenes and then scenes with Jorge with like the more enjoyable parts to write? Do you have like, like I'm going to do my two part question here. Where okay. were the like the most enjoyable and then, the most like challenging parts to write this time around. Ooh, the most enjoyable. Yeah. I love him. I love doing those scenes with him. Those were easy, easy writes because like he's, his personality is there for sure. Um, what were the harder scenes to write when I had to be precise about setting up a clue? Mm. Right. So those things are like, you know, okay, I don't want to give away too much, but I also want to make it obvious enough that that reader who loves to find all the clues and figure it out is going to know that it's a clue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, um, and so those scenes are always like, they take a little bit more time of rereading and going back. And then, then you end up writing something like three chapters later and you're like, oops, let me check yeah. <laughs> that I said the same thing that I meant there and I didn't attribute that to somebody else or yeah. So those are the scenes that are, the, that are trickier. Yeah. That's a challenge of almost like just any murder mystery or any suspense thriller. It's like planning the clues and making sure that they connect and that there aren't any plot holes or anything yeah. that you might've forgotten about. And then also the placement, like you don't want to front load. You don't want to make the reader wait, you know, to, to get more. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, you gotta be really tricky. So many crimes. There's so many crimes (laughs) in this one. You're going to be entertained. There's crimes everywhere you turn. 
There's right. a <laughs> No matter what, she just can't get away from it. Even when yeah. <clears throat> she's just trying to do her job and she. <laughs> just trying like, to take what? the kid out trick-or-treating. And right yeah and i do like manny how he's older i don't know do you have any do you have kids yourself or yeah but not okay, little so, okay no i know not well little. i didn't know because i i figured like oh it's like i don't know she writes point of view I, from a so mother I very was, well I like a little little kid too i volunteered in uh my degrees in theater so i volunteered uh to do the school play okay at the school so i do enjoy like kids that age like yeah like four to nine four to ten they're really super fun to work with in like a a creative drama and and doing stuff like that like a little you know they say the funniest thing so yeah yeah. so if i had to write like so so manny is the perfect child all my other characters are not manny is the perfect child and he will be the perfect child yeah always because yeah. I, I mean, I purposefully did that. I purposely made him. He is, he's going to be angelic and sweet and just say cute, charming things. And, you know, that's, that's his job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I love how, job. um, I forget who was it, if it was Jillian or what, it was the one who came over to do her, um, the caldo recipe. I think it was. Oh, and where no, she was like, was I'm going to, it was the Aki. It was the Aki yeah. saltfish. Yeah, it's Jamaican, yeah. It's the Jamaican friend who comes over and stays for three months with the librarian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I knew, I know, because there's like a couple of characters and they're all like, you know, they're all significant. They all help, either yeah, help Miriam or, yeah. or are very step into her life for like a little big purpose or little purpose. And that purpose was like, oh, she's like, oh, well, like, I, I want to come teach me this recipe. And I love how her interacting with Manny was like, okay, I have a very important job for you. And then just like, I was like, oh, Manny's reaction is spot on. He was like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> taking it very seriously. Cause mine, he just, my oldest, he just turned five. And then um, my other one, he's going to be two around Thanksgiving. And so like, I know it is, it is a funny age that, yeah. that cause he just started kindergarten. And so he's got this whole new world, this whole new like routine that he's being introduced to. And, um, just hearing him, it's funny because some things I'm like, well, how was, you know, how was school or how, you know, how's your, di- how did kindergarten go today? And like, it's like pulling teeth. He's like, fine, it's good. Yeah, right. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got to fish, fish it out of him. Yeah. But then there's some, there are some topics where he was just like, and, and this and, and that, like, I don't, I'm like, okay. And where I think he's done talking, but he's not. <laughs> and i want to be respectful i want to encourage him to like talk and like tell stories and to talk about his day so i'm like even if it's like the most boring thing i'm like okay that's so cool (laughs) you know and so i i think little little moments with manny i like really appreciated it and i think that's what makes me relate to and and appreciate miriam more because she she's a working mom you know and she's she's not i don't want to say she's a hot shot she doesn't see herself as a hot shot but she can be seen by others you know as like a little like a little like local celebrity and stuff. And she has Manny for like a lot of it, but somehow she figures it out too. Well, that's the ha- whole, like him, you yeah. have to have the village thing. Like, you know, the, the friend um, Pepper picks up Sophia, they, but Sophia and Manny go to the same school. So she picks them up and, yeah. then, you know, she gets to go over to her house and, you know, Pepper has more money than she knows what to do with. <laughs> and she gets to, Oh, 
I got the Calypso band over here. Right. Why? <laughs> you know, I gotta have like, fun. Oh, with I'm that. just testing this out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I just dropped some money on them. They said they could come by. Right. So, right. Yeah. No. I, I, I invited do. the whole pre-K. Right. <laughs> Sure. Come check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is. Cause it's like, even with, uh, her squad or even the, um, Un Mundo, the network where they, you know, it's like somehow, yeah, like she figures it out. So was that really challenging of like, you know, figuring out was, well, did you always want Miriam to be like, not like a single mom, but you know, like the primary caregiver and, and always have you like know, a little. I mean, I, I certainly set it up that way. Um, because. Uh, I didn't want this book, the main focus of this book to be the domestic relationship. Yeah. Like Robert, I call him Robert. I call him Roberto. Yeah. Depending what mood she's in is how she calls him. <laughs> you know, she's loving on him. She's like, oh, Roberto. Yeah. She might be like Robert. Robert. Anyway, um, uh, I didn't want the story to be about them. Like he needed to be there. And I think in book two, he steps up. In book one, I think he was like miserable in New York Mm. or he wasn't, but then he became miserable because things got tight and, you know, like expectations were put on him, like Mm -hmm. to parent (laughs) in a small apartment or, and whatever, you know, whatever. And he comes home and he's like, oh, I'm back home. Everybody knows my name. (laughs) Mom loves me, you know, and he kind of, loses himself a little bit like he reverts back to being you know a 21 year old a little bit yeah and so on his home turf and on his home turf with his old peeps you know (laughs) you know sure i'm gonna go golf all day long you know (laughs) and so in book two they've they've been they're settled in they've been there for six months and he's like coming back in and so i do in book two have a few really nice little um, romantic moments because I want, like, I feel like that's a relationship. Like, like you have to really trust the person that you're in a relationship with. If you don't, then that's a whole different type of book that I don't yeah. write. <laughs> you know, so like this relationship was going to be stable, but also it's going to be real. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he's not going to be perfect. He gets, like he's the one that gets to try to better himself and improve and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But also yeah, I just didn't want it to I... all be about like, he's not going to come save the day. He's definitely going to be in the background character, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like part of her support system for sure. Yeah. But um, you know, and I, I really enjoy that, you know, Robert in the first book, Poor, poor Miriam. She was like so, like questioning, second guessing everything, and then he turns out to still be like, like no, like what, like you know. Yeah. And, then, and then this time around, he's, um, you know, he he does seem a little more supportive or a little more present, where he's like, no, babe, you're doing great, or it's like, oh my god, you look amazing, or like just, you know, um, it's almost like I, I don't want to say he's completely smitten because obviously he is, but like you know, he's still, and I don't want to be sexist here, but like the guys have their nothing box. They're kind of oblivious to things. And so yeah. it was like, you know, he's, he was oblivious them- in book one. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he had gotten the, I'm back on my home turf. I I have no responsibilities. Yeah. You know, 
And which is understandable because, yeah, it's like you look at his side of things and he's, yeah, he's super excited, but he was totally. Because he's got everything he wants. Yeah. Yeah. And then, (laughs) yeah. And then, but he's like, okay, but how's your wife doing? Like, Robert. Like, (laughs) that that other person right there with your mother in law. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. He's like, well, he's just, you know, he also needs to show more appreciation for Alma, too, because she, Alma has really helped her, her girl get her foot, you know, her feet on the ground, helped her get settled, yeah. helped her get, Alma's you know, part a really of- good balance to Miriam, uh, because Alma is just like, go ahead and do stuff. Like, yeah. there's no, qu- like, she's just like, goes for it straight ahead. Miriam's oh, what size, like- what size are you again here? I got you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll make that happen. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like I like that balance of them. That Miriam is the one who is is a little questioning, a little cautious. She's thinking about five different things in her head all at the same time, and Alma's not. Alma's just like, no, you want that? We'll get it done. Boom. Right, yeah. right. Like, yeah. what's the problem? What are you waiting yeah, exactly. for? Like, what? You- <laughs> no, but, I, you know, I, I Alma really doesn't love have Alma. anything else. Yeah, I mean, she has lots of stuff, but I'm saying like. She doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have a kid. She, you know, like she is a very driven, she's yeah. focused on her real estate. Yeah. You know. And I like just, how like Anna had a little bit more involvement too. Um, oh, yeah. Just like with Anastasia. her connections and her history yeah. and her background. It's like, oh, you know these, you wait, this name rings a bell for you. Wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, we learn a lot more about Anastasia in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think she's got an interesting um, history, which is like kind of, ripped from the headlines of local papers and stuff i mean it's not it's not too far-fetched no no (laughs) it's not but i love her i feel like you know when people like was she was she's like half russian and half cuban Mm -hmm. or right yeah that's so interesting to me i think that's so fascinating and so um and then miriam mentions in the book that it's like oh it's a result of yeah the history between between the two countries like some sort of there were all these was exchange it? programs. Yeah, I mean, exchange programs. Yeah, you know when when Russia was so involved in helping Cuba, there were all these exchange programs. So uh, Cuban doctors would go to Russia, and and Russian scientists would go to Cuba, and there were all these constant exchanges. And so, yes, there are a lot of um, of that partnerships. Yeah, you know, I think that's so cool. I just think it's fascinating because I'm like, I'm half Irish and half Mexican. So I'm like, oh, like there's millions of people like me out there who are just like either, you know, just like two very two distinct cultures. and there's a very yeah. distinct reason for that. And it's just so fascinating how like generations of people's lives from all over the world, like come together just organically and, yeah. you know, more, the more populations are created as a result. I, and it's, you know, I just think that's, yeah, it was super cool. So I thought it was super cool to, to get to know Anastasia more. Um, and, you know, just and to hear about like, <laughs> poor, and then of course Miriam's like, well, why, why does she know these people? Like, wait, was she there? Was she there? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? It's like, I don't there's know. There's a lot of know. suspects. There's still, yeah. Well, I don't know that there's a lot, but everyone is suspected at some point like at some point there's like a little question of well maybe i'm being too maybe there's something there yeah right yeah because she can't afford at a certain point she can't afford to to give everyone the benefit of the doubt you know with the exception of a couple people who you know she trusts no matter what um but yeah it's 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 all you know just playing the big game and looking at all the the working pieces um and miriam like how you said she's just 
reluctant. She she's like, I just want to do my life, and why exactly. why am I just like all around these incidents? Like, <laughs> yeah, I just really want to sit down and put my feet up because all of a sudden my feet are swollen. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I guess I, I do. I like I put a lot on Miriam's plate because I think she can handle it. I think she's she I can. Think she's got it. She's got it. She does. Yeah. And it, it's so funny how like. I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm really organized and I keep track of like a lot of things just so like schedule wise. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, I got this meeting today. She's like, oh, I got, the- oh yeah, that's right. I'll be over there. I was like, I, I feel like a little bit my anxiety went up because like, I was like, wait, did you, did you forget about that? Like, did you? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is too real. Uh. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, wait a second. Do you have a calendar? Do you have an organizer? Do you have a planner? Like, how do you, you know, just like, cause yeah, there were certain moments where I was like, oh, Miriam, like, oh yeah, go. Like she, she's like, I'm running late. I'll just be on time. I'll, I'll just make it in time. And I'm that, yeah, that were me. I think that's why I like Miriam so much. Cause I just like relate to her so much where I'm like, oh, like, we're, <laughs> do you have that written down somewhere? Like, <laughs> it's so funny um just a few more questions since we're like we zip through our hour here um so well you kind of talked about it like how you decided which recipes to include in this one um is was there anything else that you kind of like wanted to add on that like was it really tricky to decide like where you were gonna go i mentioned a lot of foods and so the way i write is i write with a notebook beside me so you know i'm on my keyboard but then i have a notebook beside me where i take notes um things just to remember and so forth and and so this time around um i flipped to the back of my notebook and started writing down all the foods that i mentioned i stopped counting at like 60. okay (laughs) (laughs) because i was like you know these people want foods i'm gonna give them food (laughs) i'm gonna mention all the foods But also I was doing that so I could go back and see what I wanted to make because I don't want to give a recipe that's super complicated because we're all home cooks. And also, I also think about like Miriam at like in the first one, Miriam's just like, I'm not a celebrity chef. I'm a home cook. You know, like you want to have that easiness about it. So yeah, I chose the recipes that I know just about anybody could make. You know, and and that they didn't have an ingredient that was either like super expensive or super hard to get. I mean, like the caldo gallego, you want to use um, Spanish chorizo, which is the harder dried one, and um, because when it cooks out, it kind of has this red tint to it and gives it some really good flavoring and coloring yeah. from the paprika that's in it. Um, but I think most major stores probably have that yeah so you know i bet you could get it i bet that one's not that's not too difficult to find yeah what was the um what was it the yuca or mm-hmm. what the main like oh, i forget what it was called or cassava it was the main cassava? ingredient that yeah it was like the main ingredient that was like if you don't prepare it properly is lethal yeah. mm-hmm. Did you already know about that? Or like, I mean, did, was thing. it something that kind of came up when you were doing your research and you were like, oh, oh, like, what? no, it's a thing. Like I <laughs> yeah. grew up with like, there was always a pot of that on the stove and it wasn't cooking. Yeah. It was just yeah, sitting it was just there. Soaking. Soaking. Yeah. Like, and I mean, the modern strains of it that you get through the grocery store are not like terrible, but if you eat a lot of it, you do want to do that because there's still some residual in there 
you know, yeah. so you just dump it in the water and it sits there and then you dump the water out and then you put some fresh water in it and then you dump the water out and then you cook it and it's delicious yeah. and you yeah. put a whole bunch of garlic on it and it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so fascinating because I was like, yeah, I've never um, been exposed or like heard of that that yeah, piece before. And I was Irish like, oh, that's Mexican. a lot of, yeah, that's like, that's a lot of maintenance for, you know. Well, I mean, if you're like, like I said, like I just grew up with it. It was always on the stove. Like, right, right. If you, if you were going to eat it in two days or one day or three <laughs> days, you know, it was, yeah. it was there. It wasn't going bad. I'm trying to think if like you even put it in the refrigerator. I don't think so. I just think yeah. it was out on the stove. <laughs> yeah. Just there. And you dump just it. Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's oh, like, what's like you're go- you, like you get up in the morning and you like put that on the stove with the water and then you go to work. Yeah. Know, and you come home and do you dump it and then you cook it up for dinner. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just an example of something that was just like so natural to you or like other people yeah. who just grew up like just were used to these certain ingredients and they're just like, yeah, just just pop it in or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, you just do this or yeah. whatever. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned a lot of root vegetables in, in this one. Um, and I probably should go to the store and like get all. And I should do a, one of those photos of have all the root vegetables and like name them. <laughs> And spend some time in Canvas and put little arrows and graphics and yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like Miriam. I don't have time for that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. If I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know how to do that. Well, I know. I think I remember our last conversation. You were like one of the challenging things was writing, like figuring out the measurements for yeah. <laughs> to write down the recipe because it was just all in your brain, or you just knew how to do whatever. That, and there's like, well, with the flan. So there's a recipe for flan in here. <clears throat> And I had never made flan on my own. Like I'd seen people make it. I yeah. purchased it at, the, at, at many a restaurant. <laughs> it comes, I've done the little ones, the big ones, the one that's shaped like a loaf, all the flan. Right? <laughs> um, but I never made one myself. So that one, and you know, when you do desserts and kind of bakery pastry things, it's a little more science in it. There's a little bit more chemistry in it. Um, so I did need to be exact. But because this happens between Halloween and Thanksgiving, I wanted it to be pumpkin themed. Yeah. <laughs> because there is a there is a flan flan de calabaza, which I don't like it because I don't like the texture of it. Like okay. if the texture isn't quite right. Like the thing about flan is that it's like smooth, you know, like you put your spoon through it and it's just like it's like yeah. butter. You know, yeah. it's like it's yeah. like velvety, beautiful, right? Yeah. So when it's the flan de calabaza, it gets a little mealy. You know? Okay, yeah. So it I throws like, you off a little bit. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, me personally, you might like it. Enjoy. Um, but I don't like it. Um, so I was like, but I want the flavor. And so um, I played around a little bit with that. So I put pumpkin in it, but not so much pumpkin that it loses the that velvety flan thing about it. Yeah. So, yeah, that one I did. Um, I have to say, it came out perfect. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I was really like that came up. And it's not yeah. so difficult to bake. Yeah, it could be I really mean, tricky. I think it reminds me of like creme brulee. I think you mentioned it was like the the you know, Hispanic version of creme brulee. Yeah. Or, and I mean, and I think that's pretty apt uh description. It's like an upside down creme brulee. Except like well creme brulee you gotta like you char you the top. Let's say char the top. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put the fire on the top to crisp it up. But this one you you caramelize the sugar, you put it in the bottom, yeah, you put the ingredients on it, it bakes, mm-hmm. and so it does it's not crispy like the creme brulee, but um 
I mean, the most difficult thing is, is maybe it's in a baño de maria, you know, it, that it's so you have to put water in a pan and then put, put the container yeah. in there so yeah. that it steams up and keeps it moist and everything like that. Yeah. And that's as tricky as it gets. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like, I so feel hard like once... to make caramel, um, <laughs> to caramelize. It's not really right. difficult. Right. It's not. And yeah, no, that's interesting too. Cause it's, it's so funny. Cause I, the first thought that popped into my head when you were like, Oh, um, pumpkin fan, I was like, Oh, she, that pumpkin spice season. You, you gotta, you gotta appeal to like the Americans here, like <laughs> the American side of it. It's like Mir- Miriam had a, you know, she had to like cross over a little bit. She had to appeal yeah. to the, to the, well, white people. you know, I mean, <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm writing for the uh, Latinx that lives here in the United States. You know, I'm sure there, we've got some um, Pumpkin Spice Latte fans. I'm particularly, I'm not one of those, but I appreciate that others, uh, and I want them to have their enjoyment. Yeah. Like, I yeah. hate, like, hey, I, people who hate on other people for enjoying something, I'm like, what, why? What, why? Like enjoy that thing. Get back to your boring life. Like mind your own business. Like I don't. They like want the, to go the all life. out pumping this, but let them go all out. Pump. I don't care. It's not like no. forcing me to drink. Like, like right. Yeah, as long as you don't, you don't impose that on me. Yeah, there are a few. Yeah, it's it's so fun. I'm like I'm like no, I'll own up to it. Like the white side of me is can be very basic sometimes. Where I'm like no, like I'll spice it up <laughs> pumpkin spice you know i'll look for that recipe and i'll see see what what's up you know i um, bought pumpkin spice madeleines the other day i was like <laughs> yeah i'll give them a try why not yeah yeah good for why you <laughs> i'm not i'm not buying the pumpkin spice the pumpkin spice oreos i think that's a no-go I don't know. I mean, I love Oreos. I think I'll give them a shot, but I, I'll i almost give anything a shot. There was maybe a couple things where I just wasn't sure. I think there was like Sour Patch Kids Chips Ahoy. And I was like, no, mm. yeah, I don't, I, was, I, I don't. Mm. Yeah. And then you think about, well, how many ideas went through the the powwow of trying to come get, up with flavors? Which and that one was on the, the no one, list. Yeah. Like that one got the green light. I went through all that, that whole process of production. I yes, was like, it no. was taste tested multiple times in right. the little test kitchen. Right. It's like you lose like that cookie with that sour that's not it was yeah. It was too strange. <laughs> so it was a little that was almost like I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. No, thank you. Like I'll stick to my my regular chips ahoy or rather than I don't know. I, I'm not having much just much of a sweet tooth. Um, except when it comes to ice cream. It's very hard for me to say no to ice cream. Oh, so it was like, you know, when that when that uh the either the pumpkin spice or like the apple caramel apple stuff that comes around, I'm like, ooh, okay. Like like so, when I was pregnant. You know there's a whole there's a couple of cozy series that are set in ice cream shops. Okay. That have All ice right. cream recipes in them. I'm well, your gonna... book already had me in my mouth watering. I wish I was a test taster for <laughs> Miriam's recipes or just yeah. like her neighbor, like I had an excuse for her to come give me something. Like she gives her neighbor some soup. I'm like, oh man, like, I'm like, man, I want to be her neighbor. Like, <laughs> So that's why I'm like, oh, I don't know if I pick up one of those ice cream shop murder mysteries. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'll we'll have might... to get the ice cream maker machine. And do you have yeah. counter space? That's that's the question. yeah right no right. Don't get, and if, if you have counter space, <laughs> then go right ahead. If not, you know. 
<laughs> right, exactly. You know, we got that precious counter space in the kitchen. Yeah, for sure. Plus, well, you know, it, it depends. The kids would love it, but then at the same time, I'm like, we don't. Where is it gonna go? <laughs> where is it gonna, it's gonna go? go? Right to your hips, and right, is, exactly, which is just fine. Which is just fine, right? Um, yeah. But just know that if you're making ice cream every day, you might be eating ice cream every day. I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's like <laughs> watch the portions, or just you know, just make like a cup at a time or something like that. But yeah, every day. No, or, when I was pregnant, or become a marathon r- runner. That's like, like I have. Just, I have done balance. Balance. Yeah, you gotta balance. It, it really is because I I remember I you know when I was pregnant I just that was my like major craving when I was pregnant with my oldest and we're like three minutes away from a Dairy Queen and I was just I would get the smallest size but I was sent my husband on a trip like almost every day and he was more than happy to oblige because he he loves it too so it was like no that's that's where like a third of my maybe at least a quarter of my baby weight gained went from but you know what in retrospect it was it was kind of worth it so it's like it is what it is and that baby probably has Great bones. Yeah. Right. A lot of calcium. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. gotta find the silver lining in that. I'm trying to exactly. help Exactly. It's yeah. life's too short. I, I yeah. think about like, there was a quote I read. It was like, life's too short. Like, think of all the, first. yeah, like, think of all the women on the Titanic who turned down dessert. I'm like, oh God, that's <laughs> such a morbid way to look at it. But <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like that. I mean, I cook with real butter and olive oil. I don't use the other stuff because it's yeah and it's hard even if you want to like substitute it's like you can tell like that it's like the the yeah. healthy quote-unquote healthy version of it and it's like i have some friends who are like no just go for it if you're gonna do it just go for it just go for it go for a walk the next day <laughs> secret to life is you know to let it let things go and and smile and laugh and you know all those other things i mean i think all that st- other stuff is important more important yeah. than worrying about if you've had a second yeah ice cream. i know and that's yeah and it's really like yeah just like it's it's okay if you feel guilty just just feel it and then move on just hear miriam in your head miriam doesn't have time for that no nope. let it go no nope. it's <laughs> so funny you know just just remember you know roberto loves her her little bum no worries there yeah. it's like <laughs> um so speaking of like a couple last questions what i think i might have asked you this last time around too but um so going off the second book miriam's gone through you know the whole the gauntlet once again what um what what advice would you give to her this time around like at the beginning of book two yeah yeah let's go with the beginning of it the beginning of book two my advice to her would be um, I think she should have looked at that event Bible a little bit better. <laughs> I think she should have checked that date a little bit better because she there's a couple of 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 chapters there where she's a little stressed out about getting everything together, but maybe not. That's good, but you know, I think she she just went into business mode real she quick. Went, she went in to get it done then for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then one last one. Do we, um, so I'm happy to hear about number three is in the works. What can we look forward to in book number three that you're willing to talk about? Well, it's said in Puerto Rico, super fun. Um, a good number of the characters are there. I do a lot of things. You get to meet Miriam's 
parents oh, in yay. book three. <laughs> yes, you get to meet them. Um, you get to be in, in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, Old San Juan, which is one of my favorite places in the whole world. Book three, your characters are there. It's a change of location, but you're still going to have your characters, and it's going to be okay. You're going to enjoy it. I think I think book three is going to be a fun ride. And then book four, we move, we go back to Miami, and I think I'm setting that one in um, the Little Havana area. Um, nice. And I think I, that one's I think going to involve her parents more. Okay. Um, since we since you know I mean Marjorie's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know Marjorie's <laughs> staying there, but it's nice to bring in the other side of her family. I mean because. In book one, we got the um, the cousins who um, own the little um, restaurant. Yeah. You know, so we're going to have a little bit more of, of her family in book four. Yeah, because I remember in book one, you kind of like, she touched, like, we touched on that drama, but then I kind of got wrapped up. And so it was like, ooh, like, I'm looking forward to exploring that a little more. Not just like what happened or how they got through that, but also like just to get to know their the her side. You know, yeah. because a lot of it's her being immersed in her husband's side and and yeah. and world, and now she's and I and I feel for her because every time she's like, oh, like I I gotta call my parents or I couldn't help myself. I had to send them a video of Manny, yeah. and it's like it's like oh, like so. I'm, yeah, I'm happy that I'm glad that we're gonna we're gonna get to see more of uh Miriam's crew, her family, and mm-hmm. all that good stuff too. Okay, so thank you so much, Raquel V. Reyes. Calypso Corpses and Cooking comes out October 11th. Mango Mambo and Murder. There you go. It's out now. I recommend both and of them. And this is very coming out much. in paperback. This oh, comes out yeah. in paperback uh, at the end of September. Nice. Uh, and this comes out in in the hardcover. My books come out in hardcover first. Okay. Um, but and they're also like you know audio. Oh, did we? Yeah, there's some good stuff. Follow, you should follow my Instagram. Like I put, there's like some good stuff coming up. I've got lots of little projects going. Yeah, so I do, not I only do. not only cozy, but like there's other stuff going on in yeah. the mystery writing world. So I love it. Should, yeah. yeah, I love it. Oh, real quick. So I think I would be curious about it. So how do you have like a say in um like your your covers? Like how how does that go about? Because so, I I I, lo- I like them, and they're um, they're very eye catching. Yeah. Um, they, they ask you for ideas. And so I send them like a um, seven page thing of here's a scene that's you might get an idea from here's another scene that you might get an idea from. Um, and then I send them pictures in that document of what I'm talking about, because I have no idea where the artist is. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They might never have been to Miami. Like in the first, like this one in Calypso, um, Corpses of Cooking. I forget what it was. They did something to the house. Like, like the drawing came and it was pretty cool. It's like a line drawing, right? Like a, a shaded, you know, sketch. Yeah. And I don't, there was something about the door or there was something about that. And I was like, there would, that, how, no, that, (laughs) That doesn't exist here, you know? And so w- we sent them back that, and then they came back and they had the wrought iron and they kind of had like that mid-century um, modern door with the three little slots. And I was like, nailed it. That, yeah. that, that exists here. So like, 
so that stuff like stuff like that yeah they get it they get it pretty good the first time but when you see that um, black and white sketch if there's something glaringly wrong you can say can we change that yeah and then you can you will probably get it changed and as you have something to back it up with, you're like, well, no, that just does, they they don't. Yeah, do it's that not here. like arbitrary. I'm not like, yeah. I don't like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like no, no, it like you have to be like. And so in that case, it was like, yeah, people are gonna look at that and go, that house. Anybody from South Florida would look at that and go, that's not here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, and you know, yeah. people would, people would, somebody would say something. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Raquel. Um, <laughs> do you, are there any other um, like social media or website you want to plug real quick? Of my stuff? I'm Latina Sluice everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm really having a lot of fun on Instagram. I'm enjoying it. So find me over there. I'm on Facebook. Not that often. Mm-hmm. And um, I am on Twitter, but mostly Twitter is like talking with my other writer friends and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> so I really interact with my readers more on Instagram. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, stop over there and, and find me. Yeah. See my yep. pretty pictures that I take. Yeah. <laughs> Follow the pictures food. Pictures of the ocean. I take, I take pictures of the, of the bay. I take pictures of the food. Yeah. Fun All stuff. of it. Uh, yeah, everybody cra- everybody's gonna want to crave miami crave a visit to miami if they follow your instagram <laughs> Good. Come on yeah down. yeah Miami's absolutely <laughs> thank you so much it was such a fun conversation um always a pleasure yeah yeah and i'll you know I'll, i'm always gonna keep my eye out for for your name whatever it's attached to so i'm, I'm looking oh, forward to you. everything you've got going on thanks and there you have it. That was Raquel V. Reyes talking about Calypso Corpses and Cooking, um, which is out October 11th. This first book in the series is Mango, Mango Mambo and Murder, which is available now. Um, you can read Calypso Corpses and Cooking without having read Mango Mambo and Murder, but I highly suggest you just go ahead and pick up both of them because they're both very, very, very good. Um, and as always, you know, rate, review, subscribe, follow us um, on the Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club on Instagram and Twitter uh, to keep up with author interviews and book reviews by me. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>